The only thing about that one, and welcome back to Basket of Phelps. I'm Jeff Phelps. Medigan's in for Basket of Phelps. Two negative. It, it's this. Should a guy be penalized because his team is keeping him out of the game because they want him for the playoffs? Or does that one little boost, let's say T.J. Watt gets three sacks and it's a big deal, does that trump Miles Garrett, what he's done all year when he's not playing because he's not out there because his team doesn't want him to play and get hurt. So it, it's tough. It's a real tough situation. This is going to come off really poorly because I respect the hell out of the media and they do an outstanding job and they cover these things really well. But you do have the media voting on these things and a part of me really wonders how much tape the ones who are voting are truly grinding or – if they're just going, okay, Reputation. defensive player of the year, profootballreference.com, enter. Uh, Sacks, that uh, guy. JJ, JJ Watt. Oh, wait a minute. He's not TJ Watt. Yeah, wait. Okay. JJ retired. Who okay, has the go. most picks? Yeah. Enter. Ooh, stat muse. Click. Okay, that guy. Like, I, and I'm not trying to trash them when I say that. I just wonder how much tape they're truly digging into. When it comes I, to Dan, you know the, the majority, and, and let's let's be fair, you know, I mean, we're, we we're in the media, right? We're, we're here, right? Nobody's nobody's. I would bet very few people are looking at tons of tape to decide the defense player of the year, right? And I try to watch as many games as I can. I try to catch them on NFL Network. I try to I, I try to keep an eye on the entire league. I know you're the same exact way. We we like knowing what's going on, not only in the AFC Central, but uh, or the AFC North, I should say. But across the NFL, they have like a general idea of what's going on. But I'm not sitting there grinding all 22 tape of Micah Parsons. Like, exactly. Yeah. So I'll be and, real And I'm honest. the same way. I'm mm-hmm. the same way. Right. And I'm being real honest with that one. So I could see where that goes, where people would just be like, okay, footballreference.com, enter, sacks, that guy. All right, that's my vote. Yeah. And by reputation. So mm-hmm. we'll see, though. Miles has had a phenomenal year. There's no question about that. If he hadn't hurt the shoulder and got slowed down a little bit, remember, you, and, and I read a couple of places that said, Miles Garrett has been in a sack slump. And I thought, no, sir, you're, and this is the type of person that you're talking about. Right. And, and I can't it, hold it against him, by the way. It, what, he wasn't in a, right, he wasn't in a sack slump. What he was was hurt. Hurt. And it's changed the way that, and and so it's more of an injury thing than it is a sack slump or whatever. Hurt slash I, I locked about 60 times a game in a mix between a full Nelson, half Nelson, and a sleeper hold. And they're not getting calls. Right. So, but we'll see. Will, will he be the defense player of the year? I don't know. And is he clearly the best guy defensively in the National Football League? No, no. There are a lot of guys who are really good. You know, and Micah Parsons and T.J. Watt are two of those guys. Mm-hmm. And so somebody deserving will win the award. Miles is certainly deserving. He's of very the deserving, award. and I hope yeah. he wins it because it'd be I do, awesome. I do too. Yep. Before we hear from Joe Flacco, how about more about the guy who's going to replace him on Sunday? Baskin and Phelps present. Meet Jeff Driscoll. Oh, we're informing everybody about the guy who's going to play quarterback for the Browns coming up on Sunday. If you've missed it, we've mentioned he'll be it'll be his 12th NFL start. We mentioned he went to Florida for four years, played college football, two of them with Jacoby Brissett, where he played ahead of Jacoby. Well, he played a fifth season of college football 
For the Bulldogs of Louisiana Tech, huh? he, he transferred from Florida and went to La Tech for his final year. La Tech. And he, having covered, having worked down there and covered Louisiana Tech, everybody calls him La Tech. Really? Yeah. Uh, he played well. He started 13 games. The Bulldogs went 9-4. and four. He passed for over 4,000 yards, had 27 touchdowns, only eight interceptions. Louisiana Tech quarterbacks who made the NFL, Jeff Driscoll, Tim Rattay, Tim Rattay. Luke McCown. Boy, Tim Rattay's the name I haven't heard in a while. Luke McCown. We love Luke. Absolutely. And a guy who was the number one overall pick in the 1970 NFL draft, Mr. Terry Bradshaw. That's right. La Tech Bulldog. That's right. Boy, and Carl Malone. Well, of if course. Carl had wanted to play football. Of course, Carl Malone. Why wouldn't Carl Malone have gone there? Carl Malone will tell you how Carl Malone would have went there. That's exactly right. <laughs> so that's Driscoll. And, and we have some more Driscoll goodies coming up. You're gonna if you're not gonna love him, well, you're gonna tolerate him if you're gonna listen. <laughs> Flacco spoke with the morning guys. Yeah, he hopped on with he hopped on, talked to the morning guys a little bit earlier today. And the guys asked him the big question, which all of us are, are starting to believe, and you heard it during your holiday parties. You've heard it as everybody's got back to work. You've heard it all over the place, which is like, why not us? Why not us in the Super Bowl? Why, why not, not the us? Browns in the Super Bowl? And Flacco was asked about that. He had this to say. That's what it's all about. That's the ultimate goal at the beginning of any season, right? So I think at this point, the fact that we've gotten ourselves in a position to be part of the 14 teams that are fighting for it, that's the first step, you know, and, and we should be excited about that. He's right. You know what's been interesting is, and he's only been here five games. That's one thing Nick Costos said that I thought was interesting. Flacco, number two right now for comeback player of the year behind DeMar Hamlin. And in in my head, I just keep thinking, can a guy who has played only five regular season games be the comeback player of the year? I, I don't know, but I think it's interesting. I love the way that Flacco has said us, has jumped into being a Cleveland Brown, and though <laughs> – and when he's talked about Baltimore, it hasn't made me mad. That's his big point of reference. It, it's a huge point of I mean, he was there 11 years. He was really good there. He won the Super Bowl MVP award. But it's not, and I, I, I was afraid I might get irritated. Just like, quit talking about Baltimore. I no, love it. He's been fabulous. It's been, it's been really great. It, it makes me laugh how we focus in on that and they don't. They look at it the same way as if somebody worked for Ford and started to work for Chevy. That's how they look at it, where it's like, yeah, I just somebody gave me a better opportunity, and so I went from Ford to Chevy, and it's no big deal, and who cares? The Iacocca left Ford and went to Chrysler. Exactly. We look at it like it's, oh, he worked for the enemy, no, and now he's working for us. I don't, get, no, I don't get that cranked up about it. What, what I do is this. I don't like the Ravens. I've made that right. clear. And oh, when absolutely. Flacco was their quarterback, I thought he was the reason that the Browns might be able to have a chance to win the game because maybe Joe will throw a couple of picks. Oh, absolutely. It's, that was it. That we was always, it. you know. But he's been so good about that. What, what else did he tell he's, the morning He's guys? been outstanding. It's just one of those that forever makes me laugh, how they look at it. Like, I oh, yeah, I just went from Ford to Chrysler. Well, well you know why? No they all look out for each other as they should. They all want everybody to be employed and have a job and right. make money and do well, which, so which they should. And, and Flacco has set himself up to do all those things, to, to get another job, to do well, whether it's here or whether it's somewhere else. But the big thing with it is the fact that this offense has evolved and the way that he's worked with Kevin Stefanski. He was asked, hey, how much of what we were watching is you 
How much is it Stefanski, and how many ideas are you tossing out? There's a little bit of an urge to probably do that in certain times, but um, you know, it's still it still is early, and I want him to have his mind to be to be free to come up with what he does. And as a quarterback, I feel like that's one of the things that, like the way I operate, is just trusting the guy that's doing it and and building a relationship from there. Wow, that sounds sweet, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm trusting and I'm building a relationship. That's beautiful. We're going to do trust falls on, on Thursday. <laughs> Close your eyes. No, please. We've already had too many guys hurt. <laughs> Joe's too big. Point. Kevin won't catch him. That's a good point. Kevin's, have... Kevin's probably down 40 pounds since he played DB at Penn. We'll have to find others. <laughs> I. It's and, one and, of the fascinating things that came out of it was when they asked him initially, how much of this offense is Stefanski and how much of it is Flacco? And Stefanski going, well, we tailored some of it for Joe Flacco. And Joe Flacco going, ah, you know what? I trust this guy. He knows what he's doing. He's a Gary Kubiak disciple. I know Gary Kubiak. Let's cook. Like, it it kind of was that simple. Yeah. And that's kind of what that sounds like there, which is like, hey, th- we've been together long enough at this point. He knows what I can do. He knows what I don't, don't do well. And we're just going to continue to try to do what I do well often. And the big thing that's been so surprising with that has been how mobile Joe Flacco has been. And, and not like, hey, he's not running quarterback draws or quarterback sneaks or anything like that, but his ability to move in the pocket and his ability to move on the bootlegs. And Joe was asked about, hey, are you a little surprised at how mobile you've been? I feel like I've always been able to do this. I mean, it's not like I'm a guy that hasn't played other sports growing up. I mean, I consider myself an athlete. But, yeah, I mean, listen, my game is standing in the pocket and doing it until the last second. I think that's why you got to credit our offensive line. They have given me a lot of space back there. You know, every time I listen to Flacco, and I'll readily admit I didn't listen to a whole lot of Joe Flacco press conferences when he was playing in Baltimore or Denver or New York. And he has said he has no interest in this. I, I've read where he said this. God, would he be a good broadcaster? Wouldn't he be great on a on a desk as a studio analyst? Yes. I think he'd be and I think he'd be better in that role even than he would as like a color analyst on a game. He just he's calm, has great thoughts. I think if he had any interest in doing that, I think he'd be great at it. He would be built for like maybe not as much sitting at the desk doing the the Phil Simms, Boomer Esiason, can you, can't all those. Can't you see him sitting with Florio doing an hour? I was going to say the NFL matchup show with Sal Palantonio. Yeah. And Greg Cosell. That type of stuff. And sticking Joe Flacco right in the middle of them and have him just break down quarterbacks. And he'd be great. I think he would be outstanding sitting there doing that. I don't know how good he would be in a game because you kind of need – you know, he's very he's, even. He's keeled. very calm. Yeah, right. He's very even keeled. He's funny. He's insightful. He's all those things, but he's very even keeled through it. I think he would be outstanding at all those. But as he said, I don't want to deal with that. I don't want to do that yet. I still have more football yet to be played, and I still have an ability to blend in. And he's shown that to this point. And the guys asked him how he's been able to meet this. I think you're always probably a little bit nervous about that and how you are going to fit in with guys. And ultimately. I think you learn how to be very comfortable with just being yourself. Therefore, just kind of naturally showing guys who you are. You're not really thinking about it. Kids, well, take notes. Yeah, it's it's sure fit. That's and, and doesn't this seem strange, Dan? It's only been five games. But it seems like this guy's the quarterback of the Cleveland Browns. It's It's been tremendous to watch, and it's been so much fun to watch. And I think we can all readily admit it's been surprising to see. He's been successful. It's very easy to lay claims and have everybody love you when you're successful. 
When it gets rocky, that's a different story, and we've gone through enough quarterbacks to know what happens when it gets rocky. Yeah, we'll see You know, if and when it does. How about this, though? He might not be here when it gets rocky. You know what I mean? If if he if he loses a game moving forward, that might be the end of Joe Flacco in Cleveland, and all it will have been is this phenomenal run to the playoffs, and then it ended with a loss, and then he goes on to something else. And he will be, you know, we talk about Don Strzok in this town to this day. Yeah. From when Don Strzok came in. Talk about Kelly Holcomb. And Kelly was here a while, but, you know, Kelly had a couple of big games, and, and those are still talked about. And it's going to be the exact same thing with Joe Flacco. You know, 25 years from now, kids who are in their 20s now. You remember when Flacco came in when we were in college? Man, that was great. He was all, it, He's going to become a huge part of Cleveland Browns history the same way that you, when you think of Don Strzok, what do you think of? You think of him coming in and saving the day for the Browns a little bit. Guy's not going to pay for a meal in Cleveland unless no. he also shows up with his five kids because that's well, a little expensive. That's, well, you're going to have to find a buffet. It's, it's going to be serious there. Coordinators spoke in Berea. We are going to hear from the coordinators, Alex Van Pelt, Jim Schwartz, as we continue right here on Baskin and Phelps, Daryl Ryder, our Browns beat reporter at 1220. And don't forget, we're going to continue to get to know Jeff Driscoll, who starts at quarterback, coming up on Sunday.